welcome to Triple T. It is Trusty Training Tuesday, and uh, another week, and uh, another area that we can have a little peek into. So, as per usual, I'm um, on the motorway services, having been rocketing around all over the place, and I'm having my break now, so now's a perfect time to chat to you lovely people. So, I thought today we'd look at relationships between the Chief Executive Officer and the Trustees. So, a real difficult one. For example, your Chief Executive Officer will set the overall direction of your organisation. You'll see many times where a change of boss or top person changes the whole ethos of an organisation. Values come into play and different viewpoints can lead to conflict, which we've, we've touched on before and I'm sure we'll touch on again. With this, one of the key things is the relationship between your Chief Executive Officer and your Chair of Trustees. So I've talked to you about chairs before. Um, however, if you are a chair, there is a cracking resource uh, on the association of chairs.org.uk and that gives you um, a compass for chairs. And it is basically a guide for chair people. Um, there's training in there, there's advice. But what you can also sign up to is a newsletter. So you will regularly get updates. And that newsletter is purely around the aspects of the chair and the perspective of the chair. So it's a really good resource. So if you you found yourself in that chair position and you're not overly happy or you're not as comfortable as you, you may hope, it, it is a really good resource to get your ideas. We, we all go into roles and feel unstable or, you know, it's new to us, finding the lay of the land, how things work. You may have taken over after a poor relationship with the previous chair and the chief exec. So it's, it can be it can be difficult. It could be very easy, and hopefully it is. I hope it is for you. But if it isn't, what can you actually do about it? So there's some training and guidance on that. Uh, you've also got the NCVO. They do a know-how. Um, and when you go into that know-how, you have um, guidance on there. So that can give you... Um, sort of overview on every aspect of, of governance, really good resource. So that's knowhow.ncvo.org.uk and that will take you through um, a lot of what we're talking about here, but it's also there as a constant sort of guide or even if you want to use it as continual professional development for yourself to develop yourself as a trustee, some great stuff on there. So your chair... Um, with the trustees, it's vital that they have clarity in what they're doing. They know what their role is. So in your organization, your trustees may form numerous posts. You know, they could be fundraisers, networkers, ambassadors, donors. Um, you could have subject matter, uh, subject matter experts or specialists that assist delivering what you're delivering. And the thing that I need to understand is what their role is, because one, it reduces conflict, but two, it makes it really easy to understand what they need to do. 
the role of a trustee. And a lot of them, I've seen people recruited simply by saying, can you help us out at a meeting? Not really fair. And you're putting that person in a position where they're ultimately potentially liable for aspects of the business or, you know, if the business does something wrong or the charity or trust does something wrong. So having that person knowledgeable about what they're doing and looked after and trained is a massive bonus to any trust. So the chief exec should understand what the trustee's role is and be helping them to do it. That sort of falls apart if you then get in a situation where you've got conflict between the chief exec and the chair and animosity can, can build up there. Hopefully, that's few and far between, but it can happen. So, um, the threat for those of you in small organisations, we tend to have people wearing multiple hats and that creates confusion in areas of responsibility, in duties, in what they're doing at that point in time, if they're flitting to. So, for me, they, it needs to be clearly defined so that things don't get missed or neglected or, you know, not seen as, as valued as they are um, because they're all important in governance. Governance is what you're there for. So, apart from the chief exec, their attitude towards the trustees, they're going to want to know some things for themselves. So, as a chief exec in one of my organisations, I kind of want to know what the trustees see their role as. So, have a sit down, calm environment. You know, what, what do you see this role as? What do I see this role as? And, and thrash it out before we start the role. Let people know what they're walking into and you open on a clean page with people knowing what's expected of them and knowing the risk they carry, the responsibility they carry. It makes for an easy life. Also, I'd want to know what do they want from me and the, and the, the wider team. What do I want from them? And then what kind of relationship do I want with the trustees? How can I build that? So team building meetings, you know, whatever you're doing, you need to turn this group of people into an effective team. And you'll do that through team building. And then ultimately, how can I influence their views? If I'm going to be running things past them for votes or for changes, you know, what motivates them? Do we share common core values that are going to allow us to easily meet our objectives or are the, are the values in the group at variance, which is going to lead to conflict? Because when we get conflict, that's when we get bogged down in decision-making and things can get adversarial. Once we get into the adversarial element of any sort of negotiation, things slow down and it makes you slow to react as a, a trustee body. So if we can avoid that, that's what we're aiming for. The beauty of it is, if you can get your chair and your CEO, your chief executive officer on the same page and support everyone and another, 
that's when things can be brilliant. It can be a creative partnership. It can move things forward immeasurably. And then the other side of the coin is a poor relationship between them two can just build problem after problem after problem. So if we can get that healthy relationship, that's what we that's what we're seeking. That's the way we want to go. So there's your chief executive. Your trustees are similar in the fact that clarity is key. You know, communication in any aspect of this is vital. If if you were if you were keeping not secrets necessarily, but if you compartmentalising operations within your new organisation for whatever reason, there might be a need for it. However, if you're going to do that, it's going to build barriers. So if we can be open with all the trustees being aware, then at least when we go into conversation about things, people don't feel like they've been left out, neglected, undervalued, not supported, that they're a part of a large machine. All the trustees are part of a large machine. And giving people that voice empowers people and they they are and feel part of the decision-making process, which valuing new trustees means increases the likelihood of them staying as a trustee, which gives, which gives longevity to your organisation. So that's what we're aiming for. So that's perfect world. What if it's not? How, how do you manage out those? And we talk about our own conflict. You know, how do you find a middle ground with people that you don't necessarily agree with? Well, look at your commonalities. You're all there. All those trustees have entered with good intention. Nobody's come into it thinking, I'm going to really turn this over. And of course, problems all the time. Yeah, you do get people that go on power trips that, you know, I have this power. Whatever that imagined power is, you know, it, it's as variable as your organisation. But if you are in that place, Find the commonality. Get back to the basics of that. We're here to do some good. What are the issues? Let's unpack the issues. If you unpack the issues and go through them, it takes away the volatility of those issues because it could be something really minor and simple that a quick adjust can fix. You know, if <coughs> excuse me, if you're in a situation where you can talk that through in a calm, approachable way, without that he said, she said conflict, you're going to get to the bottom of those issues, get rid of those issues, and move forward as a body. You know, the downside is, depending on, on what aspect of trustee level you're at, obviously sometimes you will get people that will, like I set them off, and ultimately volunteers can do that. You know, you're not paying these people and we do expect a lot, typically in the UK, the level of responsibility on trustees is huge. And if you laid out to most people, it would probably scare anyone in the right mind. Like, I'm responsible for what now? And I'm paid nothing. That's very bizarre. That seems very uh, excessive in the payment to responsibility ratios. But we do. And... You know, a lot of entities will be very, very professional in operation. 
which is fantastic, which means there's some really strong organisations out there run by volunteers, you know, as professional as any paid person could do. However, people can walk away and does that professionalism then transfer to the next volunteer because the next volunteer might have just been in the wrong place at the wrong time and then ended up being dragged into being a trustee by a stronger character, you know. And that's talking for somebody that's been on numerous governing bodies and boards and panels and execs and, you know, I, I must be a serial well, idiot, I suppose, because I keep, I keep falling on my sword. But it's for things I believe in. So I've talked before about being passionate about youth and um, development opportunities and getting employability, uh, employability opportunities for young people that they may they may not have, then so be it. If I've got to give up a bit of my time to make things a little bit better, surely that will be one of my crowning values because it's, one, a good thing to do. It creates opportunity. It's what my values believe, or I believe are my values. I'm passionate about it, so why why wouldn't I? I suppose I'm kind of putting the money where my mouth is, aren't I? Because if I really want change and I've got to give up my time to get that change and I willingly do it, I suppose it does demonstrate I really want that change. And social change isn't going to come just by people being paid a wage. It's belief in a wider thing, something greater than yourselves. You know, we're all busy. They always say, if you want something doing, give it to a busy person because they'll get it done. Yeah, how many times you speak to people and they tell you how busy they are and you end up doing it yourself? It says more about you than them. But ultimately, if you're in the chair position, you're, you're a chief executive officer, delegation's key. Because if you don't delegate and you keep everything yourself, the negative of that view is why we're not trusted to do anything. And then that's equally as damaging. So sometimes rock in a hard place, but it's, it's a delicate balance. And hopefully, as we go through this, aid you in making that balance, you know. Another thing we talk about with conflict, what if trustees don't get on for personal reasons outside of the trust? How do you manage that? And that's just a food for thought now. I'm not going to uh, go in into that with you now because I'll pick that up another time. But managing your relationships between your trustees is also vital. A happy trustee panel, board, governance, whatever, makes life easier. Makes the meetings go a lot quicker. You can have some fun, you get the job done. You know, you've got that camaraderie to a degree that you would hope to see. But if it's a hostile environment, those meetings become very long. And if people are jumping on, because we tend to find is people nitpick at small points, as if your point's going and to an exec or a governing body, that's really dangerous because we've all got a breaking strain. Every one of us, at some point, through a chain of events, will go, right, that's it, I'm done. You can shove that where I probably wouldn't say on the podcast. So that is it for today. I think I'll stop there and I'll I'll move on next week to, uh, to some other areas. I've been talking to you for a few weeks now, so we're on episode 12 now. Um, I've had some people get in touch, which is great. 
if you do have any questions, I will do my best to give you an answer, whether that be a podcast or a reply. If you're valuing this as a resource, please uh, subscribe to the podcast, click like, give us a review. If you want to see something, you don't want to see something, then let me know, because otherwise I'm just talking to my phone in my car or my device in my car or wherever I happen to be that day. So if it's helping, which I hope it is, um, there isn't a great deal out there for us, so this is a bit of a stopgap, and uh, I hope you all get something out of it. Thank you very much for your time. I hope you're having a great week, whatever you're doing. I hope your trusts and charities are doing really well, and uh, hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening. Take care. Have a great week. Carry on doing the good work.